This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hello guys, this is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Uh, I apologize for my voice if it sounds different. Uh, I've been going through a cold lately, so it was like I had a cold for the uh, last episode, but I guess my voice sounded normal enough that people didn't uh, recognize it was different, but now people can tell that I'm sick, so I'm going through that, but I'm, I'm feeling better, so that's good. But today I'm joined by Eric and Connor, and for all the YouTube watchers right now, it's got a, you might be like saying, oh, I've seen this PowerPoint before, but we're just going to talk briefly about the Kawhi Leonard move with the Paul George thing. And then we're going to talk mainly this episode about the NFC East. That was the most requested division for the NFC on Twitter. So that's yeah. what, yeah, that's the, so that'll be the first of our division installment series. So uh, thanks NF- to those 31 people that voted on the poll. Yeah, we had you great, got a lot of votes on that. Yep. Great turnout on the poll. The NFC North uh, will be the next one out, guys. So Bears, Vikings, Lions, Packers uh, will be the teams we talk about. But really quickly here, I'm, I don't want to – I mean, I got the Kawhi Leonard pick right, but I'll be honest, after free agency started, I was – I like I might have even turned it red before it, he d- decided because it seemed like like the Clippers were were his least likely pick. But that's where he ended up going. So uh, with that, I was able to tie for second place with Connor with nine out of 20 correct. And, I mean, it's an interesting move because, like, if he had gone to the Lakers, it would have been a really boring NBA season. So I'm glad he he didn't go there. Uh, Pretty much only Lakers fans wanted him there. And to anybody that remembers when I first – when when we had our first episode of this podcast, right when I started talking, one of the first things I said was, unfortunately, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And <laughs> I'm going to have to say it again, Eric. Unfortunately, you're a Thunder fan here for next season. They've got a great potential in the next five years or so. But for right now, I mean, they're trading players left and right. They're trying to trade their whole team pretty much. So, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll that'll that'll just be my uh, my last comment there. So <laughs> yeah, I know we didn't want to spend too much time on this, so I'm gonna try and keep this brief. But the rant is starting a little early this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard to like say exactly because when I first found out about the Thunder trading Paul George to the Clippers. At first, I was really upset with the Thunder for doing that because, you know, I was like, why in the world are we trading our 
best player to a team that's also signing an all-star. I mean, why are we getting rid of our best player, period? I mean, to me, it didn't matter what we got for him. It was stupid. But then I heard that Paul George really wanted to play with Kawhi. And then that kind of goes back to my earlier rant that I did in a previous episode about superstars teaming up and all of this stuff, which I don't like at all. So, you know, now we have another, I wouldn't really call them a super, a super team per se, because they don't have three, a big three per se, but still like you've got two of the best players, you know, two of the top 10, top 15, whatever you want to, however you want to rank them players on the same team, which sucks, but it's going to be hard, man. I was talking to the guys for a little bit before we went on air. And I said, if anybody had come up to me around the time of the NBA finals being over the NBA draft, and if you had told me that the going into the season that the Oklahoma City Thunder were going to be as bad, if not maybe worse than Connor's Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> I would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> well, you know, see, just think you could st- you could be a Hornets fan because not only do we are we going to suck this year, but we have no future also. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I would have been – if someone had told me that, I still would have thought you were crazy because I would have thought, okay, we got Paul George, we got Russell Westbrook, we got Steven Adams. There's no way that we could be as bad as the Charlotte Hornets, but – They've already traded Paul George, and then all signs are pointing to them trading Russell Westbrook, which honestly, with as insane as his contract is, and with them already going with them obviously looking to rebuild, I'm totally fine with them doing that if they can, you know, get the right price for him. But it just sucks, you know, knowing the way this off season has gone, that my team season is over before it even starts. You know, it's really frustrating. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to rant because it, you know, it's not, I can't really be mad at the thunder for making the move when they did, because if they hadn't made the move right away, they would have had no leverage later and then they would have been put in a worse position. So they kind of had to make the trade, but, I guess I'm more mad at Paul George than anything else because, you know, it's like you signed a four-year extension to remain on the team, and the fans went all out to welcome him there. And even though I'm not as big of a fan of Russell Westbrook as most Thunder fans are, I know he threw that huge party for him when he agreed to stay and all Paul George talked about was how he felt so welcome and was so happy to be a part of the thunder. And then literally one year later demands to be traded to go join another superstar. And that just kind of goes back to my rants that I've done in the previous episodes where I ranted about, if Kawhi Leonard was going to go to the Lakers and form another super team, because I don't like how all these players are, you know, buddy, buddy and best friends and all that stuff. I just don't like it. It, it makes the game not as fun to watch. Now I will say I, I still, at the same time, I still think this is going to be a good season because there's at least 
a good amount of teams that you could look at on paper and say, you know, that team could have a chance to win the championship. Whereas before it's been only a a couple of teams. So I'm fine with that. But at the same time, I just don't like when all these guys team up together, like how LeBron did when he went to the heat and then what Kevin Durant did when he went to the warriors. And then now Katie and Kyrie are going to the Nets together and Kawhi and PG are going to the Clippers together. And, you know, LeBron and AD wanted to be on the same team so bad. It, I don't like it. I wish these players would have the mentality of, I want to be the best and I'm going to try to win with whatever my management provides for me on my team and be more loyal and say, Hey, let's go team up over here. Let's go team up over there. I don't know. I'd, I don't like it. Honestly, I could rant about this for a long time. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to calm down <laughs> and at Take least with, uh, with, at least with what Zach had just put up on the screen there, I can at least take a little bit of, and maybe, maybe this is like karma for me too, because in the last episode, I kind of made fun of Connor when I saw that thing that came up on the screen about, you know, what to do if you're a Hornets fan to like take a walk outside and, read a book and eat a taco <laughs> it look connor it looks like i'm in the same boat with you buddy but i can at least take a little solace in the fact that i did at least get the most free agency predictions right so at least i won that and that helps me feel a little better <laughs> and and the fact that the thunder at least have somewhat of a future with all those draft picks they got yeah, at least the Thunder should be able to contend. Well, you never know if they draft more guys like Darius Baisley. The, who knows if those picks will even turn out to be anything. But <laughs> That's a rant for God. I forgotten who Darius Baisley even was there. Like I, I was trying <laughs> yeah. to remember. Yeah, yeah, I was like, who did the Thunder pick? I, I couldn't who think Who was that guy pick. again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <sighs> breathe, that was... Eric, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I mean... Uh, as a fan of the team, obviously you've got a, a personal connection there. But in uh, just some other minor news, uh, Demarcus Cousins signed with the Lakers. He once again entered free agency without much attention. And after Kawhi signed, the Lakers were pretty much the only team that even had cap space left. So they signed a bunch of players. They had to fill out their team anyways. And uh, Boogie Cousins, one of them. And I, I expect a, a better year for him since he's going to be coming into the season a little bit, you know, much healthier than he was coming into last season. He's got more of a chance to get into basketball shape before the season starts. So I, I think he'll have a better year. But, uh, you know, he was our number seven free agent on this list. So he's got potential to... You know, it's interesting. He he played with AD in New Orleans. Now they're playing in uh, LA. I wonder if that chemistry will still be there. But uh, that that will pretty much wrap things up for NBA. Unless Connor, you you want to talk about something? No, I mean I've pretty much mentioned my displeasure with the Hornets uh, in previous episodes. So not much for me to add there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now uh, now we're gonna be moving on to the NFC East talk. NFL talk, woo! Yeah, yeah. 
So the moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> for, all, for all the NFL fans out who, who can't stand the NBA, uh, this is for you. Uh, but uh, we're going to kind of break down each team individually. So we'll start alphabetically with Dallas. But before we do that, I do just want to put up the predictions here on the screens for for, for all of us. And we'll explain these uh, as we go team by team. But as you can see here, Zach has got the Eagles in first, Cowboys second, Redskins third, Giants fourth. Eric has got Dallas first, Philly second, Washington third, New York fourth. And then Connor's got Dallas first, Philly second, New York third, and Washington fourth. But we'll each be talking about these teams individually. We'll start with Dallas. And I guess I'll let either of you guys talk about Dallas's chances next year uh, first, since you guys have them winning the division. So, yeah, well, I guess I gotta. I'm gonna give a shout out to my fiance Susan here, since she's a big Cowboys fan. So this episode's <laughs> for her. <laughs> At least this segment. Yeah, this this, this, this part of the episode. <laughs> But no, I I did not. Obviously, going into this, I went objectively. So I didn't just pick the Cowboys to be first because of Susan. I I feel like they do have the best team in the NFC East. They it's just overall. I feel like they have just a really solid team. I mean, they didn't make a ton of moves this offseason per se although I do kind of like the Randall Cobb signing I know he's been kind of down lately but I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a better year this year and then Michael Gallup is kind of an under the radar wide receiver and then of course Amari Cooper did really well when he got traded over from the Raiders to them at first when the Cowboys first made that trade last year I didn't really like that they were giving up a first round pick for him, especially since he'd kind of had a down couple seasons in Oakland. I really, I felt like it was a bad move at the time, but he clearly had a resurgence after he got traded there because he had a great second half of the season after he joined them. And I also like for the Cowboys that they're getting Travis Frederick back on the offensive line, that their offensive line did struggle a little bit last year, but I feel like with getting Travis Frederick back and then Tyron Smith should be good to go and healthy as well. And then Zach Martin's obviously really good. So they have three really solid pieces on that offensive line. I don't know how I feel about Jason Witten coming back. I What I do like is that he is a great leader, but after being gone for a year and he's already getting really up there in age anyway. I don't know exactly how much production they're going to get out of him. Tight end is definitely going to be the weak spot for them offensively. What, but what do you mean, I'll, man? They've, they've got Rico Gathers there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Which, when you got a guy like Rico Gathers holding down your third string <laughs> tight end spot, you're, you're, you're doing something right. <laughs> but, no. I But I feel like this team is good enough 
offensively and defensively. They're re- they're retaining a lot of their defensive players, and they had a. I feel like the Cowboys had kind of an under the radar defense last year. They, mm. I don't feel like they. I I don't think they got talked about as much as they should. I guess they they you did one, about quite a bit once they. When they shut down the Saints, I think that was when people started to realize that they were for real. And what I like about their defense, too, is that most of their players are pretty young. And so I think when the season had first started last year, nobody really would have predicted their defense as being anything special, really. But they proved that they're pretty good. Byron Jones was a good cornerback. Leighton Vanderesh was awesome at linebacker for them. And what's good about him and Jalen Smith being together is that that means Sean Lee can play less snaps. Cause while Sean Lee is good too, he's so injury prone that way he won't have to be on the field quite as much. And then Demarcus Lawrence is a beast pass rusher as well. I just, I feel like from top to bottom, this team is the best team in the East. I could see, I will say though, despite that, that I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if the Eagles do win the division, but for me with them, it's just going to depend on how Carson Wentz does. Cause he's been, you know, he's had times where he's been really great. He's had times where he's, you know, kind of underperformed. And then of course he's had times where he's been injured and not even on the field. And the Eagles, you know, with Nick Foles going to Zach and mine's Jags, they don't really have that insurance policy. I, I don't know who they, I don't actually don't even really know who they have at backup QB, but well, we if Carson, that'll, that'll be it. for later. <laughs> if, uh, who do they, Nate? Yeah. Nate Sudfeld. That's not going to instill any fear in anybody. If Wentz goes down. So yeah, Cody Kessler I, over there. Oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but um yes, like I said, I think top to bottom that Dallas has the best team and that's why I'm picking them. Eagles could contend for the division, but and I, we all agreed too, we talked about before we came on air that this division is pretty much a two team race. I would be shocked if either the Redskins or Giants uh were table were able to pull this division out, but I, my gut says Cowboys, and so that's who I'm going with. Yeah, it's the thing about the Cowboys for me is that I do agree that I think they have the best team top to bottom in the division. But the one X factor here, I mean, you know, I picked them to win the division. The X factor is obviously going to be Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott are going to be because Ezekiel Elliott. You know, all these people out there. I've seen people that say he's overrated and all this stuff. And I'm no fan of the Cowboys, but I can't argue that Ezekiel Elliott probably is right now the best or one of the, if not the best running back in the league right now. I mean, his two full seasons that he's played, you know, he got suspended in his second season. But the other two seasons, in, in full seasons, he's led the league in rushing both times. So he's obviously an all pro player and he's outstanding, but the problem for the Cowboys is that if anything were to happen to him, Dak Prescott is not, he can't carry the team. And I think he proved that when Zeke Elliott was hurt, 
because <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans out there who think this, but Dak Prescott is not an elite quarterback. There's all these people that think he's an elite quarterback, and I just don't think so. He can't carry a team like how Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger can carry teams when players go down. And without Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, it seems like he falls apart. When Ezekiel Elliott's around, Dak Prescott can shine and he can look really good. But without him, he kind of fails and he crashes and burns. So I think if Ezekiel Elliott is healthy the whole year, doesn't get suspended, if he stops doing stupid stuff like he did in Vegas and, you know, getting close to getting suspended, I think the Cowboys will do really well. I think, you know, I'd probably give them a ceiling of, I think they could make the NFC championship that way because their defense is really solid. I mean, bringing back DeMarcus Lawrence was huge. There was all that talk that he was going to leave if they franchise tagged him and all that, but they had managed to work it out with him and they brought him back. And I remember when the Cowboys drafted Leighton Van Der Esch and I was really hoping that he was going to somehow fall to Pittsburgh and that didn't happen. And he turned out to be exactly how I thought he would be. He turned out to be a great player and he's, he's got a leadership quality to him. And I mean, if there is one weak spot on this Cowboys defense, it is the secondary a little bit. They could use a little help there. I don't think uh, Chidobi Awuzie or Jeff Heath Heath or Byron Jones are really going to strike too much fear into anybody. So that that is a little bit of a weak point. But, I mean, it's hard to expose that pass defense when you're getting sacked by Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn. So, and, yeah, yeah, and, and... and, and, you know, and like Eric mentioned, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And so, yeah, I would. So ceiling, I would give them the going to the NFC championship game and probably a floor of a wild card. Well, no, I wouldn't say a wild card, but second place in the division. Okay. If they, I yeah, think second for, place in the division is a floor for them and not yeah, in missing the playoffs. Yeah, just one other quick point I want to add about Dak. I definitely agree with everything you're saying. Although at the same time, if you look at this division overall, he's probably still though the second best quarterback besides Wentz. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, no, the, the, nobody, the other teams certainly have problems. We'll get to yeah, that later, but yeah, they, <laughs> no, yeah, nobody on the Redskins or Eagles are scaring you. I mean, Redskins or Giants are scaring you at quarterback. So even though he's, I definitely agree that he's not you know, an elite level quarterback, but I think he's like a middle tier quarterback, which, you know, can be good enough. If you have, you know, look at the Jaguars a couple of years ago when they got to the <laughs> AFC championship game and really even should have got to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles at quarterback because the rest of the team around him was so good. Right. And I think this could be a similar situation with, for the Cowboys with Dak, but, and I agree with Connor too, though, that it could come down to how well, you know, Zeke does. And if he doesn't get suspended or injured or whatever, and I'm going to, I'm going to go with the same ceiling and floor as Connor as well. Like I, I could see them getting all the way to the conference championship game. I don't see them. I don't know if I see them getting to the Super Bowl though, but I could see them getting that far if everything goes right. And then at work, I think at worst though, that they'll 
be a wild card team. So, which is similar to what Connor said. So that that's what I'm going to stick with for the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> so Eric kind of said everything great about the Cowboys. Connor's kind of echoed the same thing, but he put in some criticisms. I'm going to talk about every reason why I think they're going to be second place. And (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, you know, this is, this isn't out of hate, honestly, because the Cowboys are obviously not my favorite team, not even close to it, but like, I'm, I'm trying to come at this with an unbiased view, but okay. So the, here's one of the big reasons that neither of these guys brought up why I think that this team is going to finish in second. And if I had to predict a record, I'd just say eight and eight because mm-hmm. of this man right here. You can ah, see it on YouTube. You're, I, you're right. I'm I did forget. To, yep. I forgot to mention that. You are uh, right about that. I agree. So it, the the person that, that I highlighted for YouTube is their head coach, Jason Garrett. And this guy has had so many years, so many chances to prove that he's a worthy enough coach for this job. And it seems like he'll miss the playoffs for a couple of years, and then he'll be in a season where he absolutely has to make the playoffs or he's for sure going to get fired, and he'll make the playoffs and like maybe win a game and then get eliminated. And then he'll go on another run where he'll have some losing seasons then he'll be forced to make the playoffs and he'll make the playoffs, but just barely. And so he's, he's <laughs> definitely, I, I wouldn't trust him at all. And that's a reason why I don't think this team can improve upon how they were last year. And I do like Amari Cooper. That That's one of the bright spots on the team, but swapping out Randall Cobb for Cole Beasley I don't know how much of a, you know, Cobb's been injured a lot. He kind of disappeared in Green Bay. I'm not, that's an upgrade, but a slight upgrade. You know what I mean? Their offensive line, I'm not going to debate about because their offensive line is going to be good. Their running game is going to be great. But the problem is, is Jason Garrett going to put too much pressure on Dak and not lean on Zeke, or is he going to lean too much on Zeke and not, you know, I I definitely think that there could be a tension between the running game and the passing game there, just because Zeke is such a, he's one of the guys that seems like he gets frustrated a lot, and Dak is a good leader, but Dak's like a team guy, uh, so are, if they really need to pass the ball, is Dak going to defer to Zeke? I don't like. I don't know. But um, then looking down at their defense here, Demarcus Lawrence. He's a guy that gets a ton of sacks, but to me, he's overrated because of that. Because sacks don't tell the whole picture for edge rushing defenders. You know what I mean? Like you can have there. There could be a guy with a huge sack number, and that overrates him, in my opinion, compared to a guy with a lower sack number that had a lot of pressures and he might not have a lot of sacks, but he's underrated. So I don't like people put a whole lot of value into sacks. Whereas I don't value sacks as much as other people do. And he's like the sack master, which is why he got that big contract. Um, their defensive tackle spot 
I think is questionable with these guys here. I mean, I don't really recognize any of these names standing out as pro bowlers or anything. Uh, Robert Quinn's a nice addition. And I do, I'm a fan of their linebackers and I'm a fan of Byron Smith, but like Connor was mentioning with the rest of their secondary, Jeff Heath, uh, a their safeties and Xavier Woods. I'm just not sold on them. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that they're going to have as good of a year as they did last year. And then another quick little point here is I can't remember the last time the same team, like the NFC East had a back-to-back division winner because every year it it flip-flops. So I'm just, you know, I'm using that too as like a little historical uh, piece that says, you know, (laughs) historically speaking, you know, the Cowboys are going to finish fourth because like that's usually how it seems to happen. But I'm not going to say they're going to finish fourth, but uh, uh, yeah, you are right. It's been a long time. It's not since 2004, like between 2001 and 2004, the Eagles won it four times. But yeah. since since then, it's been different every year. Yeah, which is, is crazy, you know, compared to like the AFC East. On the, on the other hand, it's like the extreme <laughs> opposite. Uh, That's but, a story for another day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but really, I mean, other than Amari Cooper... Who's Dak really going to be throwing the ball to? Randall Cobb is, like I said, I'm not super high on him. Michael Gallup, you know, he he's a nice player, but, like, I don't know. And then Jason Witten, he's going to be so old and washed up. He's pretty much just there for leadership purposes. And here are these other guys, like I mentioned, Rico Gathers, Blake Jarwin. Are they scaring you? And they're not scaring me. So... I, I find it, I find that, you know, I don't think Dak's going to really improve his game with, I mean, Cooper's good, but I just don't see Dak taking a step up. And if Dak stays where he's at, I don't think they're going to be good enough to top Philly. So that's, uh, that'll conclude uh, my little, my, my, or all of our discussions on the Cowboys here. Oh, let me do a ceiling floor real quick, too. So my my ceiling for them would be losing in the divisional round to any of the other NFC's one seeds because I think every NFC one seed, every other division, has got a team better than the Cowboys in it. And then my floor for them... I guess they could finish last in the division, historically speaking. I mean, it's possible. So I'm going to put that as, like, I'm not as high on the Cowboys as the other, as uh, Connor and Eric are, but uh, I will put them at second just because of there's of so many question marks with third and fourth in the division that I got to just put them up there for respect from last year. But Well, I will say that I do agree with you on the Jason Garrett point. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's honestly he's not he's not the greatest coach. (laughs) Yeah, I'm honestly amazed he's still their head coach. I mean, they they talk about it every year that when they talk about which coaches could get fired and everything, Jason Garrett's name always pops up and it never happens. So, yeah, I don't know. They're they're never getting they're never getting to another Super Bowl with him. That's for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, so 
we'll talk about the Giants next. And I, I'm also sure a lot of Cowboys fans would actually agree with me there because. Oh yeah, I've, uh, I've seen it all over Facebook on yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, mo- most, I know most Cowboys fans don't want him there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so since Connor's got the Giants the highest ranked in the divisions, I'll let him talk about them first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a very, it's very tentative, and I'll explain later why I think Washington's going to be worse than the Giants, because obviously, you know, they're coming off of a, what were they, 3-13 and last year, and... The whole draft debacle, I mean, really? Daniel Jones, really, at number eight? I mean, they, why not take Josh Allen? Or why not take Dwayne Haskins? Because in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of people, Giants fans, will agree with me on this, too, that they could have taken Josh Allen at number six, and they could have still gotten Daniel Jones at pick 17. But obviously, you're not going to pick Daniel Jones at pick six and then have Josh Allen still there at pick 17. So that was a huge head scratcher. And I don't know what Dave Gettleman thinks he's doing, but obviously, he's got some kind of plan. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. Is it a good plan? (laughs) But yeah, no, the the main reason or one of the main reasons why I think the Giants are going to be better than the Redskins is Saquon Barkley. I mean, this guy. I wasn't completely sold on him. I mean, I'm it's I'm kind of the same way with all rookie that come into the league and that have all that hype around them. I'm not 100% sold on them until they prove it to me. And I got to say Saquon Barkley, he really proved it to me that he him and Christian McCaffrey are probably the best dual purpose backs in the league right now for sure. And I was talking about it with these guys before we came on the air, that my biggest fantasy mistake last year in fantasy football was passing. Instead of taking Saquon Barkley, I took David Johnson. So, which, if I had taken Saquon Barkley, I probably could have had a shot at the championship. And he's he's that good. He was that good last year, and I think he's still that good. And probably the big bonus for the Giants was that they upgraded their offensive line. Their offensive line was terrible last year. And they, you know, Eli Manning was getting sacked left and right, and Barkley was doing his best, and he still did really well, but there's only so much you can do as a running back when the offensive line sucks. And I think they fixed that problem. They brought in Nate Solder at left tackle, who he had, you know, he was good with the Patriots. Kevin Ziedler's a good guard. And I think that it's it's better. It's still not better than, you know, the Cowboys or it's probably still the worst offensive line in the division, but it's better. And I think it's good enough to help. And Eli Manning, there's all this talk about they're going to try and replace him and you know, that's why they drafted Daniel Jones. I think Eli's still a decent quarterback. He's definitely not elite. But I think he's still a decent quarterback. I think he had the problems with he was getting sacked so much last year. And there was all this drama with OBJ. So, I mean, he still doesn't have great wide receiver targets this year. They brought in Golden Tate, which is good, last season. And Sterling Shepard is obviously, he's he's fairly good. Outside of that, there's nobody that's going to surprise or, you know, scare you at wide receiver. Evan Ingram had a really good rookie season last year at tight end. I think he's pretty good. So with the protection, I think Eli can definitely succeed. Now... 
the weak point on the Giants, which Zach was scrolling down there a second, okay. is definitely look at, these, the, look at these for all the YouTube people. I just want you to try and if you're not a Giants fan, try and count up how many of these names you actually recognize. And I mean, put it prob- in like tweet us because <laughs> yeah, the only the only ones that I recognize would be Antoine Bethay, Janoris Jenkins, and Jabril Peppers. Yeah, and De- and Dexter Lawrence since they drafted him. And I know I, and Alec, Alec Ogletree, although he, right. he had kind of fallen off on his last during his last stint with the Rams. So yeah, yeah. they don't they're not good memories, you know. What right. I mean? Yeah, he's, right. He's, <laughs> <laughs> the, so, you might know the name, but not for, you know... The right, yeah. Star. I mean, I know Antoine Bethay is for good stuff, but he's obviously really old now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's just kind of... He's kind of just going to be a leader. And Janoris Jenkins is pretty decent, but... And Alec Ogletree is okay, but... Yeah, this is definitely the weak point on the Giants. It's what's going to keep them from contending from a playoff spot. I mean, their defense was so bad last year, and they didn't really improve it at all in the offseason. I mean... It, looks the same i mean it's they got jabil peppers from cleveland but it's not really gonna it's not fixed and they're despite the improvements on offense i still think they're going to be better than washington but the giants defense is what's going to hold them back and want to give a quick shout out if he ever listens to this my dad's friend phil living in south carolina he's a giants fan so you know, I, I picked them in third place. I'm trying not to rip on them too hard, <laughs> but I, they're definitely not gonna. My ceiling for them would probably be second place in the division, but still missing the playoffs, kind of like you yeah. know, an eight, an eight and eight or a nine and seven. And then my floor for them would definitely be the last last place in the division and possibly another top five draft pick. All right. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'll say I don't have too much to add on top of that. I mean, I I think Connor hit the nail on the head here, but in my opinion, I just still don't think they even have enough offensively to even compete for third place. I do have to disagree a little bit about Eli Manning. I definitely understand the argument about his offensive line being so bad last year that obviously that affected him. I don't, know if any quarterback could have been good behind that O-line, but Eli has been kind of struggling over the last couple of seasons anyways. Cause, I mean, at one point it got so bad they benched him and for the case, like street. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, which that still made no sense to me. It, it, you know, they weren't coming back that season anyway. I don't, I don't know why they made him into streak for that, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't, feel like Eli Manning is I still don't see him having a good season this year and then and I know Odell Beckham was a drama causer but he was easily their best offensive weapon besides Barkley so and obviously the best wide receiver they had so it that's still going to be a hurt to them but I guess at the same time Eli Manning is going to still start because I don't see Daniel Jones competing for the job anytime soon. I mean, that pick shocked me when I watched the draft. I, <laughs> even even I, more, we, we were all getting over the shock of the Raiders pick at number four. And yeah, the Giants win did something even more shocking. 
Yeah, I mean, when he got drafted, I was like, who? Huh? And they're like, oh, that kid from Duke. Like, okay. The guy that was supposed and, to be like a second-round player. And yeah. my, my favorite was when they were like showing people in the crowd that were Giants fans, and they were all kind of like, yeah, I guess. You know? <laughs> they like wanted to be happy that they, you know, because they had a top pick, but then most of them probably didn't know who he was either, so... He was a zero-star recruit, according yeah, to ESPN. So, <laughs> for me, my floor is going to be the same as Connor's, as potentially being just as bad as last year, like around a three and thirteen or four and twelve. But for my ceiling, I'm only I'm only going to go to like seven and nine with third in the division is their ceiling, and I I feel like they would need a lot of things to go their way for even that to happen. This this team just doesn't impress me that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll briefly kind of echo what, what they said with some different things. Uh, but uh, I want to shout out my friend, very good friend, Mark, that I have. He's a Giants fan. And I know I, te- I texted him uh, when they made the Daniel Jones pick. And he was, you know, he he was very upset. He wanted Haskins really badly. But uh, you look at this team, and other than their offensive line, they got worse, arguably, at almost every position. Another year for Eli Manning, you know, another year under his belt, another aging year for him. Uh, While Saquon's really good, they don't have anybody else that, is good to you know he's he can't keep being the getting like 300 touches or whatever and and be healthy throughout that would be shocked if that was the case with running backs getting injured all the time you've got to have a, a second running back that can that can play and i don't think they have that on their team and wayne and, goldman's not going to scare anybody <laughs> yeah uh and another thing is is he's their only guy that scares you, like Connor said. Teams are going to just dedicate their whole game plan to him and make Sterling Shepard and Cody Lattimore, or Cody Latimer, uh Corey Coleman. Golden Tate, though. Yeah, Golden Tate. He, they're going to make those guys beat you. Uh, they're not going to let Saquon Barkley run up and down the field like he did last year as a rookie. You know, they don't have tape on you. They don't have pro tape on you. They're seeing you for the first time. You know what I mean? You're, you have a little bit of an advantage for that. But that advantage is now gone when you enter your second year. And with the usage rate that they're going to have for him, he's a great player, so he's going to get his stats. But I don't think that's the way that's going to translate to wins for him. And then defensively, they were kind of like status quo except for the safety spot where they chose not to re-sign Landon Collins who goes to the division rival Washington Redskins and they replace him with Jabril Peppers who's not a bad player but Landon Collins is, you know, most people would say is better than him than Jabril Peppers at this point in their careers. So you combine all these moves, Odell Beckham leaving, you know, all these different moves that they've made and it's just seems like me a recipe for disaster. You know, at least they don't have Chad Wheeler's or starting right tackle anymore, but, uh, 
<laughs> but no, th- this Giants team is is going to contend for the worst team in the league, I think. And uh, so that'll be their floor. And then I'm like Eric for their ceiling. Seven and nine would blow me away. It really would. Quick, uh, <laughs> quick mention to Alex Tanney there, the third string quarterback. He's the guy who uh, made that trick shot football video on YouTube that went so viral. So, so glad to see he's still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, so uh, so now we're on the Philadelphia, which is my team to win the division. And here's why I think they're going to win the division is reason number one, a healthy Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz in his second year was arguably going to be the MVP until he got injured. And then all of last, you know, he didn't come back at the start of last year. His injury, he kind of came back a couple weeks into the season. And you could tell he just wasn't right because, you you know, when you're you're coming off an injury, you're not going to come back and play at the level that you played before. But now that he's, you know, I know he got injured last year too, but it's a much minor, it's a smaller injury less severe than he had before. So the belief is that he's going to come into the season with like a full off season to prepare with, to prepare for his team with. And a sneaky good move I think that they made is bringing back Deshaun Jackson to this team. He's he's the best deep threat in football. And the Eagles have the offensive line, Jason Kelsey, Jason Peters, the cornerstones, Lane Johnson, those are cornerstone offensive linemen for this team. And I can just envision so many deep balls to Deshaun Jackson. And Nelson Aguilar, who's not bad, is their slot receiver. That's pretty good. They've got a rookie, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. A lot of people had him as a top receiver in the draft uh you know they they picked him in i think the second round so he's you know he's a quality guy tight end they have you know potentially the best tight end in the game with zach Ertz, uh definitely top three and their backup tight end would be better would be a better tight end than a lot of other teams <laughs> dallas <laughs> dallas goddard <laughs> Yeah, Dallas would, would be the best tight end in Dallas, but he's in Philly. Well, they also uh, have Richard Rodgers, too. Yeah. So they have the best tight end duo, I think. I mean, there might be a team that has a better one that I'm not – that is coming to mind, but that's a pretty good duo right there, tight end. Running back-wise, it's running back by committee in Philly for sure. I'm not a big Jordan Howard fan, but – I guess they'll just ride the hot hand. <laughs> I don't know what, but they're but when you have the other weapons, the wide receivers and the tight ends, the offensive line, you know, if if they stay relatively healthy, that offense is pretty powerful. And then defensively, their defensive line is, I think is way better than uh, Dallas's defensive line. I mean, how can you argue against Fletcher Cox? I, he's way better than uh, – he's more proven than Demarcus Lawrence. 
Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Malik Jackson. Then you look at their the guys that they rotate with, Tim Jernigan, Vinny Curry. I mean, they're not the greatest players, but they're pretty good backups. And then you get to their linebacker cores, probably their, their biggest question marks with uh, linebackers. Zach Brown's not bad. And then their secondary obviously isn't as good. Their defensive line is pretty stacked, but their secondary, uh, I believe, is is elite. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, Jalen Mills is, isn't bad. Darby, maybe not elite, but definitely better than average. I think better than Dallas's secondary. And then head coach, Doug Peterson, I'll take him over Jason Garrett any day. So with all these... With all these uh, factors and stuff, I've got the Eagles above uh, above Dallas. And then for my ceiling for them, I mean, they could win the Super Bowl. I I think. I mean, that it'd be a stretch, but I, you know they they won it two years ago, so it's you know it's definitely possible. we people were talking about dynasty after they beat New England, the next dynasty. Uh, and that was just two years ago. You know, Dallas, what, you know, what's their playoff experience? They, you know, have lost a lot of their games. The Eagles, you know, had that Super Bowl run. Then they even almost beat the Saints in another upset. You know, as a wild card team, they upset the Bears. So I've got the Eagles in first. And then my floor, I guess, you know, it's possible they don't win the division. You know, if if Carson Wentz gets hurt again. So the floor, I guess I'll put them finishing third in the division, but I, I'm I'm a big fan of this this Eagles lineup. So, um, well, I mean, I think for me, I mean, to start out, honestly, this team is really not that different from the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. You're right about that. I mean. There's a few pieces that are different. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, obviously, they added. The running backs are different. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's the same team. My, But this it's going to come down to me why I have them second and why I don't think they're as good as Dallas is I'm not sold on Carson Wentz. I mean, first of all, I think that contract they gave him was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the guy, yeah, he had that one season where he was almost the MVP and then got injured, but his other two seasons, he was mediocre at best in his rookie season, and then last year, he was pretty mediocre until he got injured again, so I'm not sure what the mentality was when they gave him that contract, but it's because every NFL quarterback has to have the contract now, and which, honestly, that's something I could rant about, is the whole contract thing with quarterbacks nowadays, (laughs) but... It, it's. I'm just not sold on him. I think he can be good, but he's also shown flashes of not so good. And the other thing that I want to talk about with like the playoff wins, you got to remember all those playoff wins came with Nick Foles at quarterback. Carson Wentz has zero playoff experience under his belt. So I don't know if he can perform in the big moments like Nick Foles did for them when he was going, when he was the quarterback. Now, aside from that, Zach is completely right about I think their wide receivers and their tight ends are 
very bright spots on the team. Bringing back Deshaun Jackson, I liked that move too. And hey, maybe he can even get a punt return for them or something. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> right, Another... <laughs> yeah. You got you to gotta respect it for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I think they said they're not going to use him if they're punt if i say i think they said if they're punting somewhere like beyond the 30 yard line or something they're not going to use him but if yeah. it's something where he's going to be fielding the ball kind of around like you know the 40 or the yeah, 50 yeah. or midfield they're going to use him yeah. as their punt returner and but yeah big question marks on running back for me jordan howard he was supposed to be really good last year and he didn't really prove it at all and you know, Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood, and I know they drafted Miles Sanders. Clement and Smallwood didn't really do that much last year as a committee. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure they're gonna I'm not sure they're gonna get much help from that, which is going back to Carson Wentz, I think, is gonna have to carry the team. And I don't think he's I am I'm not sold on him being good enough to do that yet. And I mean he could prove me wrong, but for right now, I don't think so. And then there's not too much bad I can say about the defense. I mean, Zach's right. The defensive line is elite. I think the secondary is great. Malcolm Jenkins is probably – he's he's definitely contending for best safety in the league. I mean, I can't think of too many off the top of my head that would be in the same league as him. And same with Fletcher Cox. I mean, other than Aaron Donald and maybe a couple others, Fletcher – maybe not even a couple others, but other than Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox is definitely one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Uh, linebacker, big question mark at linebacker. I don't think Zach Brown or Nigel Bradham or Camus Gruger hill are really going to scare anybody, and they don't – I mean, yeah. I like LJ Fort just because he used to play for the Steelers, but I know he's not great either. So I think – yeah, that's my take on the Eagles. My ceiling for them, I would give them probably losing in the divisional round would be my ceiling for them. And then a floor, I think, would be third place in the division, like eight and eight or, or like seven. And well, I guess third place would probably be more like seven and nine, I think, would be my floor for them. Yeah, these guys have brought up a lot of great points for both uh, both sides of the coin with this team. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about the Cowboys, I would not be shocked if the Eagles were to win the division. Yeah. I, I, I didn't I, mention that, but, but I'm in the same boat as that. But I, I do have to agree with Connor that I just, I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz and he is going to be the big question mark for sure with them. Like, are we going to get the, <coughs> Carson Wentz that was playing at the MVP level or are we going to get the Carson Wentz you know last year that was just you know kind of okay like which Carson Wentz are we going to get so that's what makes it hard to predict with them but I'm going to give them the same ceiling as Connor of a loss in the divisional round I'm going to give them a floor of second place in the division like maybe eight and eight nine and seven but just missing out on a playoff spot or something i think that would be their floor i don't think they're going to be i don't think they're going to fall to like third in the division or anything like that i don't there's no there's no way the redskins or giants do better than them but i don't know i i will have to be paying attention to them though because they do have two uh vols for life with uh Derek barnett and malik jackson and 
Malik Jackson <laughs> also being a former Jaguar player. I really like him, but he did kind of regress last year. My one thing I'll say about their defensive line though, compared to last year is even though they still have an elite defensive line, this defensive line is actually not as good as the ones they've had in the last couple seasons. Like, just because of the depth, like the depth they had the last couple of seasons was insane. I mean, they were able to rotate like 10 guys yeah, and that defensive line, but obviously, you know, when some of their contracts ran up, you know, they couldn't afford to bring them all back. So I do have a little bit of concern outside of their starters, but at the same time with that starting front four, they have you, there's no going wrong with that. I mean, you can't complain. So they are going to be good. There will be question marks if they have injuries as opposed to whereas before, like if they had an injury, they probably would have been fine. But Vinny Curry and Tim Jernigan are still okay though. So they still have a good defensive line, but, but like Connor said, it's mainly going to come down to Wentz as to whether they win the division or not. So we'll just have to see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I'll talk here now. The The final team that we'll, we're going to talk about is the Washington Redskins. And to me, you know, they're, they're a team that's kind of bland. They have a lot of holes. And they, they, have their, they have bright spots, and then they have question marks. And their offensive line... I'm looking at this. If if Eric Flowers is their starting left guard, that's a hole. Uh, <laughs> well, that to, that to me doesn't. I mean, I want to give him at least a little bit of credit in the fact that when he came to Jacksonville last year, that he actually did, you know, okay in the games he played in. He yeah. he wasn't the reason why our line was so bad, but he was playing at right tackle though. So I don't. I'm he, not sure why they're. Around a lot. Like, I'm not he, sure why yeah. they're slotting him at left guard. That's what makes me scratch him. I'm not scratches sure. my head. I mean, sure he shouldn't be a starter regardless. But yeah. at the same time, like it, my main reason for scratching my head is why is he at left guard? But that's true. Are you attacking? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what are you, dude? <laughs> uh, but the rest of their offensive line, though, other than him, and maybe their center, are are quality. You know, this it's a it's not a bad offensive line by any stretch and that's important when you're playing philly and dallas not so much new york but and then but the rest of their offense is where the question marks are i'm a fan of their their running game because no matter what and we were talking about this earlier about how, how ap you know needs to be the guy and isn't really good in a a multi back set but it to me that's this is a good problem for them to have because between four of these guys are are you know big names for running back Samaj P Ryan you know he he definitely had his moments I know from fantasy <laughs> uh, Chris Thompson you know he's he's a quality backup and then they've got guys who's essentially a rookie so he's an unknown and then Peterson obviously not you know, Minnesota Vikings Peterson, but still had a great season last year. So between all those guys, there's going to be a guy that steps up and, and plays pretty well, or if not, then they've got two guys to go with. And so 
while they might not have a star like Zeke or Saquon, I think they're they have a very good situation there. And then quarterback is their you know, is their is what it's all gonna depend on because you know, if they end up going with Case Keenum, you know, they're they're for sure gonna finish third in the division because he's not gonna elevate them to, you know, they're not going to start out six and one with Case Keenum or Colt McCoy. I'll tell you that. Uh, Haskins, they probably won't either. But you know, he's a rookie. Like he could and have a sensational like Baker Mayfield type year. It'd be doubtful, but at least he's possible to have that. Whereas with Case Keenum, if they start, you know, is probably not going to. Not for sure, not going to have a a crazy stretch, but so that that's a question mark for me. And you know they they might do worse with Hoskins if they start him, but they could certainly do a lot better. So I don't know. That's going to be like a training camp battle to see what they end up doing there because it's really unknown who they're going to start. And then defensively, I'm a pretty big fan of of their defense. They've got their defensive line is, you know, is young, but they're they're not bad. Jonathan Allen uh, is a great defensive end for them now. Montez Montez Sweat is a guy a lot of people are excited about in the draft. De'Aaron Payne, uh, and then linebackers wise, they have one of the most underrated linebackers in my opinion, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, who. Never seems to get talked about, but he just makes Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl, and he's a. I think he's you know definitely one of the most underrated guys on this team. Maybe not on the team, but just in general, I think he nobody really talks about him, but he's he's a star for sure. And then the secondary, they've got some big names like Landon Collins and Josh Norman, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they play together. Uh, Collins is kind of like a box safety, so he moves up to like the linebacker roles a lot too. So their secondary definitely changed. There's going to have to change with him now in the lineup. But I was a fan of their defense last year. They finished, I think, middle of the pack, but uh, they started out the year really good defensively. And then when they had Alex Smith go down for them, they had like they had to find like five different quarterbacks to play with. And unfortunately, when you sign guys off the street for quarterback, it leads to a lot of three and outs, a lot more time for your defense to be out there. So naturally, they're going to regress statistically. But I'm still a fan of the unit that they've got. I think head and shoulders better than New York. And I think their offense is similar to New York, but... It's the defense that really is going to put them ahead of New York for me. So, ceiling and yeah. floor. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ceiling okay. and floor. So, ceiling and floor. Ceiling. Uh, yeah, I'll give them the ceiling of second place in the division, but missing out on the playoffs. I don't think they're a playoff team. I'd be shocked for that. And then floor, they could finish fourth. I mean, yeah, New York could if Eli, you know, surprises everybody, but. Uh, but third is is where I've got them, and 
I, I'd be surprised if they didn't finish third. So, yeah, I I've got them finishing third in the division. I feel like the Redskins though have the opposite problem that the Giants have, whereas the Giants have some solid pieces on offense, but their defense is really bad. I feel like with the Redskins, it's the opposite. As Zach mentioned, I I agree. I feel like they have a lot of good pieces defensively. I do feel like Josh Norman is a little overrated. He had some really good seasons in Carolina, but he has definitely not performed up to his contract since getting in Washington. But I liked the Landon Collins move, and I feel like their defense is pretty solid. But looking at their offense, other than their offensive line, there's not too much really scaring me there. Other, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how Darius does at running back since he didn't get to play last year. I know he was highly talked about before his injury. So I am looking to see how he performs. But I could be this being I could see this being a situation where no matter what running back they have back there, that opposing teams are going to be stacking the boxes against this team. Because to me, they just don't have enough threat at the wide receiver position to really scare teams. And then as well with, you know, Haskins being a rookie, Keenum struggled last year in Denver. He had that one good year in Minnesota, but other than that, has had a very underwhelming career. Colt McCoy has been a career backup. I don't think it's going to matter what quarterback is back there with the running backs being more so the strength of this team. I think opposing defenses are going to load up the box against them. I could see it being kind of like how the Jaguars had to deal with last year with Bortles and Fournette, where teams were just throwing eight in the box because they weren't scared of Bortles or the weapons the Jaguars had. And I see this being a similar situation for Washington. So but I do like their O-line, I and I do like their defense. So I'm going to give them a ceiling of 7-9, and nine, third in the division. I don't see them being good enough to get overtake the Eagles or Cowboys. But I also don't think they're going to be the worst. Um, so I will give them a ceiling of, I mean, not a ceiling, a floor of 4-12, and 5-11, and 11, but still being third in the division. I don't. I don't oh, see wow. the Giants particularly. So your ceiling, your ceiling and floor is third place in the division, though. That's that's interesting. For me, for me, just the. the I mean, right. I guess because the I, Giants are that bad. I guess yeah. with the Giants, I said maybe they could get third, but I just I feel like everything would have to go right for them in order to have that happen. I just <laughs> I feel like the Giants are going to be really bad, and so I feel like the floor and the ceiling for the Redskins is third place in the East. Just it'll be a matter of how many games they win, like whether it's, you know, four five, six or seven. I, but that, that's, that's, you know, obviously this is just a rough guess, but that's, uh, that's what I'm going to go with for that. Yeah. So I'm the one of the three here that I picked the Redskins to finish last in the division. And I mean, they do have offensive line. Trent Williams is, if he plays to how he can, he's one of the best left tackles in the game. But the problem here for the Redskins, of course, is always going to be, we've been talking about this the past couple of years with them, is injuries. 
I mean, the Redskins, for whatever reason, just cannot stay healthy. Everybody seems to be getting hurt throughout the year, and especially on the offensive line. I mean, Trent Williams and Morgan and Brandon Scherf. Trent Williams and Brandon Scherf have gotten hurt so many times, and poor Morgan Moses. He's a good right tackle, but I remember there was like a point last year where he was the only starter left on the offensive line, and then and they mentioned that, and then in that game he got injured. So. <laughs> I don't know if they can keep the offensive line together. And it's the same at tight end with Jordan Reed. I mean, Jordan Reed, he's oh, shown fla- he's shown flashes of greatness, but boy, he can't stay healthy either. And Vernon Davis isn't going to scare anybody anymore. He's decent, but he, again, he's not going to scare anybody. And I was mentioning to these guys at the start of the show that I think when it comes to the running back, obviously four Okay, they're not all great, but for good running backs, Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. I mean, the guy put up a 1,000-yard season at age 33. It's ridiculous. And Chris Thompson, when he's healthy, again, question mark, gotten injured a lot. When he's healthy, he's a great third-down back. He's a great pass-catching back. I mean, he's kind of similar to Theo Riddick in Detroit, where he's almost like a wide receiver, and back there in the backfield. Samajai P. Ryan had some flashes of goodness, and obviously Darius Geis, we have no idea because he didn't play last year. But I was talking about that. I think what they're going to have to decide is Adrian Peterson or committee. I think because Adrian Peterson cannot run in a committee. He is a lone wolf running back. If you try and run him in a committee, he's not going to perform the way he can if you if he's an every down back. And they showed that last year in New Orleans when they tried to run a committee with him, Ingram, and Kamara. And, you know, whenever he got the ball, just couldn't do anything. Obviously, that's a bit different because Ingram and Kamara are, you know, they're Ingram and Kamara. But, you know, obviously not the level of running back talent here that they had in New Orleans. But so I think they're going to have to choose between him. And then if they're going to transition into Darius Geis, then have some kind of committee with Geis, Thompson, and Pirine. And I think, honestly, if that happens, then Adrian Peterson, they're going to be looking to trade him or going to cut him because he, he just can't be part of the committee and he can't play second fiddle to anybody. Then you move on to wide receiver. I mean, I've never even heard of most of these guys other than Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson. I mean, Doxson is okay. Richardson is okay. We yeah. don't know anything about McLaurin. He's under, he's a rookie this year, a third-round pick at that. And he did play with Haskins at Ohio State, but, you know, who, who knows how he's going to transition to the, uh, to the NFL level. I'm going to talk about the defense before I talk about the quarterback situation. The defense, so on the defensive line, other than Darren Payne, I think the defensive line is not good. Darren Payne, he's good, but I don't think Jonathan Allen and Matt Ionatis are gonna contri- are gonna be scare anybody or be that good. Montez Sweat, obviously, there's a lot of good things that were said about him, but obviously the heart condition made him drop. But I, I think he'll be good. Ryan Kerrigan, Zach hit on it. I do think Ryan Kerrigan is one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. He is. Made Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. He's good. I like John Bostick. He played with Pittsburgh last year, but unfortunately for him, I don't think I think he needs if you're gonna run a three four like Washington does, like Pittsburgh did, you need another middle linebacker there that's gonna be good and 
that can play along with Bostick. And I don't think Mason Foster is as good as Vince Williams is. And I don't think Mason Foster, I don't think Bostick is going to shine as well next to him as he did with Williams, which, you know, he still wasn't great, but he was, he was serviceable and he ran the position well. Now the secondary Landon Collins, not much to say about him. All pro great safety. Josh Norman, I agree with Eric. I do think Josh Norman is a bit overrated. He had those good years with Carolina, and he has done nothing since coming to Washington. But I don't think the rest of the secondary is great. I mean, Fabian Moru and Deshazor Everett, I think, are okay. I mean, I see Dominic Rogers Camardi. I recognize him, but he's old. And, you know, ever ever since those years with Arizona, he's been a backup or, you know, a, a, like a nickel corner. So I I do like the defense. I think they're going to do the same as last year. I think they'll be middle of the pack. But the one reason why I think this team is going to be taken down, and I said I was going to get to this as to why I think they're going to be worse than the Giants, is when it comes to quarterback. Because Case Keenum is obviously not going to scare anybody. And Dwayne Haskins is unproven. Colt McCoy, Eric said's career backup. But it's not because of how underwhelming I think they are as quarterbacks that's going to take them down. It's going to be the quarterback battle that's going to take them down. There's going to be all this drama around who's going to start. You know, if Keenum gets the starting job, then they're going to be calling for Haskins. If Haskins starts to do bad, they're going to be calling for Keenum. There's just too much drama and too much of a quarter, a position battle there at the quarterback position that, that, that didn't sound good grammatically. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) There's too much of a too much drama surrounding that, and you've seen this in the past. The teams that have quarterback battles and quarterback drama, they always fail. Nothing good ever comes out of two or three guys competing for the quarterback position on a weekly basis. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what's going to ultimately bring them down into last place in the division. I think I'll give them a ceiling, kind of the same as Eric. Like I think like six and ten in third place in the division if the Giants fail. And I'm going to give them a floor of last place, 4-12, and 3-13, and 13, just because I think, you know, when you've got that much drama going on at the quarterback position, it never translates into good things. And we don't know who they're throwing to either. So uh, that, that's my take on why I think the Redskins are going to finish last. And also one last quick comment. This is a prove-it year for Jay Gruden. If the Redskins don't perform this year, I think Gruden's gone. I think they're going to fire him, and they're going to be bringing in a new head coach next year. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that point, uh, Gruden. You know, I it was questionable even that he was brought back this year, right? Right now that he's been in there for several years now, and I think has only had one playoff appearance. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely listening to you talking about. This is, I think you made a lot of great points, Connor, on how that offensive line, I do remember hearing about now, got hurt. Almost all of them were hurt a lot. Like you said, they were all hurt. So their injury bug is is bad for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but now we're going to move on to talk about some current events. This, yeah. <laughs> Very so, briefly, yeah, yeah. Con- Connor's current events in a brief zone because i know we're getting a bit for far along um we're just going to mention women's world cup i'm sure all of you out there unless you've been living under a rock know that the united states women won the world cup 
So it's a record fourth time Megan Rapinoe. <laughs> I saw the Google search result there. Uh, but Megan Rapinoe won the Golden Boot. I think she won the Golden Ball, too, as the MVP of the World Cup. So, I mean, you know, and obviously there's nothing bad to say about this women's team. Alex Morgan is a big bright spot. The whole team really is a bright spot. I think it's good for Carly Lloyd. You know, they've talked about her a lot in the past. She's really getting up there in age. So I think this was probably a good send-off for Carly Lloyd, that another World Cup victory. And, yeah, they, they cruised through the World Cup. No, there was never a spot when they looked like they were in trouble. And if you remember well, the last podcast... The, the, I was what? I was going to say real quick, they they were in trouble in that England game when England had the penalty kick. But I have to give a shout-out to the U.S. goalie for coming up with that clutch save because that killed any chance England had of winning that game when she saved that. Because penalty kicks are so hard to save. Yeah, it's all a I guessing mean, game. Yeah, it really But she, I mean, I don't know if it, was, if it was luck or if she read it perfectly or what, but that that was the one time in the World Cup where I was nervous for the U.S. was in that moment when... England got that penalty kick, but when she blocked that shot, I was like, that that was amazing. Yeah, and so, yeah, the with that and the, I totally lost my train of thought what I was going to say. Oh, sorry, that. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Never, oh, I was talking about last podcast where I locked them as a victory, and I didn't think there was any chance the Netherlands, yeah. the Netherlands had. I was right on that. Got yeah, on the back for that one. Good job, good job, yeah. <laughs> but you, you so, sure you didn't? You sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan, uh, <laughs> and so moving on to so great things out of the U.S. women, but we're going to move on to the Gold Cup. Which Eric, I don't know if you want to shout out your two friends oh, yeah, who want I mean, us to talk I, about yeah, this. I got a. Got to give a shout out to my coworkers, Veronica and Reina, although they are fans of Mexico, which obviously we were rooting for the U.S., so hard to see the U.S. lose this, but I know they're happy, so congratulations for them, and um, they they specifically requested that we talk about this, which I think we probably would have anyway with it being a big game, but... Uh, they specifically requested it, so I told them, I was like, I've got you, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, this brings up a point here about how the U.S. women always do well, and the U.S. men just seem to consistently disappoint in every aspect of their soccer. I mean, the fact that you can't even win the Gold Cup, which, aside from Mexico, there's no dominant teams in North America that you're competing against. I mean, Costa Rica sometimes, Honduras sometimes, Panama sometimes. It's a bunch of sometimes <laughs> outside of outside of Mexico. And the fact that the U.S. can't win it more is mind-boggling. I mean, and even this time, they were, they were cruising. I mean, they had not lost a game. And I didn't watch any of the games, but judging by the scores, it didn't seem like they were in trouble most of the time. And, you know, they, they put up a good fight against Mexico. I mean, it was only one zero. It was a deadlocked game. And you see Dos Santos didn't score until the 73rd minute. I don't know what the possession ratio was like in the game, but 
the fact that they just after all the expectations around that and after the women won the the women's world cup and got that big win and they just disappointed just like they always do and they after the yeah okay you look at the possession yeah, was 50 so so mexico they did you know do, i wouldn't say they dominated the game but they definitely played the better game and you know hopefully the us can actually qualify for the world cup this time after missing it last time but it's just not not good things from the men's team, unfortunately. So then, yeah, yeah then we're yeah. gonna move. What? Sorry, go uh, I'll just say real quick too. I actually, I didn't. Well, I didn't get to watch that game. I saw the highlights, and while overall, if you're looking at the stats, you'd probably say Mexico dominated the game. But from the highlights I saw, the U.S. had at least two shots where. They should have made a goal. Josie Altador had a terrible one in the beginning where I don't know how he missed it. It was in the first like six or seven minutes of the game. And that would have been a difference maker, I think, if he gets that because it puts the U.S. up 1-0 and then puts all the pressure on Mexico. And then, you know, maybe Mexico scores another goal to tie it to send it to overtime, or maybe they don't. But I man, if I don't know if you like, could, well, of course, the non YouTube viewers wouldn't be able to see it, but it was just such a whiff shot, like at close range. It was like, how did how you he, miss that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could almost rant on um, Josie Altador missing that goal. I, it was crazy. I don't. Um, no, that's from no, those are nah. from previous years oh well yeah. i guess we're not i guess we're not gonna we're not gonna, probably yeah, not going to be able to yeah probably not going to be able to see it but man that it was so disappointing because you know like connor said after the after the u.s women's team oh that's probably right there after the u.s women's team won the world cup in such a dominating fashion for then this to happen oh yeah here it is right here so if you're watching this on youtube oh, go let's see go back yeah just replayed it it's yeah. like right after this deep pass i think See, let's see right here. He has a wide oh open look. I mean, oh, yeah. How did he oh, miss my. that? I could have made that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, wow, dude. <laughs> that, that just made all the difference in the game to me when I saw that. I, I was like, oh, how did we not get a goal here? And then, oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah. He overthunk it, I think. He tried to cross it back over to the right yeah. when he should have just played the angle he had but anyway oh, that, that's that like my little mad min- watching that now like. that's like my little <laughs> that's like my little mini rant but soccer, yeah yeah. <laughs> but, yeah congrats oh, to mexico like i since i work in a God, since i work like, at a mexican restaurant you know I, I work with a lot of people that are from mexico and people that are obviously big fans of them so i know they were happy so congrats to them but at the same time man the u.s really blew this one yeah. yeah, I mean, real quickly before we move on to the next day, I just want to say one thing. I think we should just refer to for U.S. soccer as the women's soccer and then say U.S. <laughs> men's soccer. I'm serious because, like... Yeah, just forget about yeah, the men. <laughs> it, it's U.S. men's and then the U.S. soccer is women's soccer. Yeah, so, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, yeah, then we're going to move on to NASCAR with... Most recent race, the Daytona, the second, the mid-season classic at Daytona, the 400-mile race, and Eric did m- make a DraftKings lineup for it. I'll talk about the surprise winner 
later, but I'll let Eric talk about his DraftKings lineup. Yeah, I don't I don't have too much to say about this lineup. I did this I did another one where I joined a lineup with four people. So finish first or second, you win. Finish third or fourth, you don't. Uh, I've been having a lot of success with these lately. This is actually the third time in a row I've done one of these and won. Or I think I got second in one of them, but I've won money three times in a row. But the first time I won, I got, it was more of a luck thing. The second time I won, I had a superior lineup. This one was more like the first time when I won where I had a, good amount of luck involved the race actually ended early because of the rain and i guess right before the end there was a big crash so it knocked a couple of my guys farther back logano and bowman but so that hurt their score but thankfully three out of the four had logano and three out of the four had bowman so that didn't hurt me too much and somehow i still got first so i want to i'm going to take the win and move on. But I don't, I don't have too much else to say about this one. Definitely not my best lineup, but I'll take the <laughs> $9 winnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and going back to the race, you talked about that. It was rain delayed, you know, sometimes when there's races that end early because of the rain, you get these out of nowhere. Who is this guy won the race? <laughs> and Justin Haley, who last time I saw him was racing in the truck series, actually. And, I don't know if he's still if he's competing in points in the trucks or in the Xfinity series or if he was just replacing somebody for this one race. But man, how good does that have to feel for him? You know, winning a cup in the uh, winning a race at the top series and at Daytona nonetheless. And so, congrats to him for getting that win. Albeit, you know, it wasn't wasn't too satisfying since he didn't you know make it to the end and win that that way. But still, a win's a win. And I got to mention Hendrick Motorsports, as I was talking about last race, how they had a, it was a good finish for them with Alex Bowman and Jimmy Johnson getting good finishes. This week, William Byron getting second and Jimmy Johnson with a third place finish. You know, it's it looks like to be a resurgence for Hendrick Motorsports and the Chevrolet cars in general. I mean, the top four cars were all Chevrolets. Ty Dillon in fourth. He was leading a lot of the laps when I briefly watched some of the race. So big big steps forward for them and i also got to give a shout out to matt de benedetto and my buddy aaron out in kansas we been repping this guy from day one and somebody give him a ride another top 10 finish for the dude <laughs> and somebody give him a ride on one of the big teams and i also have to shout out i don't remember her name but someone commented on one of our posts on facebook i don't know if you want to try and yeah, pull that up you. But there was someone who, yeah, Michelle Batten. I got to give a shout out to you because you asked us to talk about NASCAR. And I try and mention this in my current events every time about the NASCAR race. So give a shout out to you for commenting on our, if you guys want us to talk about something else, then leave a comment or on a Facebook or, you know, leave a reply on one of our tweets and we'll be sure to try and talk about it. And lastly, yep, lastly, before we go, very briefly, Wimbledon's going on for all the tennis fans out there. Uh, on the men's side, the big three are still in it. Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal. We're into the semifinals. Djokovic is going to be playing against Roberto Bautista. Uh, I don't know his last, last name, but he's going to be playing against him. And Nadal and Federer are going to square off at Wimbledon again. I know it'd be good for... 
Nadal, he Nadal hasn't won Wimbledon since 2010, so it'd be big for him to win. Roger Federer, obviously, he had those dominant years at Wimbledon. He won a couple of years ago, but for him to still be doing it at age 37 is insane to me that he's still playing at the level he is. He's still the number three ranked player in the world. And obviously Novak Djokovic is the betting favorite, but we'll, we'll see what happens on the women's side. We're down to the semifinals there. Serena Williams is still in it. I can't remember who her opponent is in the semifinals. It's not someone I've ever heard of, but she's because the women's side seems to have more upsets than the men does since they still play two sets rather or win with two sets instead of win three sets. But then on the other side, Svitolina and Halep are playing in the semifinals. So two names right there who could possibly go. Halep's won Grand Slams before. I think she won the French Open one time. And then, unfortunately for Serena, on the mixed doubles side, she was teaming with Andy Murray. And they unfortunately got knocked out in the third round. So I was hoping to see them go a bit further, but not not to be. So quick, just a quick look at Wimbledon and... We're recording this on July 10th, Wednesday, July 10th. It's actually July 11th now since we're yep. <laughs> recording into the night. But late night hours. It's not going to go up. it's not going to go up on YouTube and Anchor until July 12th on Friday. So obviously things are going to be a little different by the time we get to that. But uh, that's a quick update for Wimbledon as well. Yeah. And before we go to real quick, I promised my buddy Jesse that I would give him a shout out because he was the one that told me in last week's NASCAR, I meant to mention it when I was talking about NASCAR, but uh, in last week's, he was the one that told me that I should pick Alex Bowman. And I was a little skeptical at first since he had never won, but he ended up winning that race and got me like 94 points last week. So I'm going to shout out Jesse, shout out his gaming channel. If anybody uses Mixer, which is a, live streaming gaming site his mixer account is mixer.com slash ojinx which is spelled o-j-i-i-n-x so if you like gaming want to watch some live commentaries go follow him on there so got you shouted out jesse i promised you bro (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah uh so this is another fun episode guys uh obviously quite a different you know topics with the nfl but it's a lot of like i'm getting excited for football to start college football starting up next month uh nfl in september fantasy coming up too uh renewed the the league today the conger family fantasy league was uh renewed today uh and it was finally won by a conger for the first time in five seasons (laughs) yeah crazy (laughs) And someone from Florida, too. There was, like, at one point when Eric was, was here in Florida, what was it, like, five out of the Yeah, it was five out of eight, the eight players. players yeah. Uh, me and my stepdad, who are in the league, we're from North Carolina. And then our uncle out in Tennessee is also part of the league. But, yeah, first win by a conger and the first win by a – Well, uh, not, not Florida, the first win by a conger. Yeah, you're right. right. Our first first, yeah, first win it, for Florida. Yeah. You're right. First win for a Floridian conger. I was, yeah. I was wrong about that. I was wrong about that. But first win for a Floridian. Yeah. Uh, which, so, which is where the trophy came from. <laughs> yeah. <It's fine. laughs> wow, yeah. Don't get me started on that. But my team – we're going to do fantasy later in, 
in the uh, in the month or so. But it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. And uh, so, but I do want to just say briefly before uh, before we we finish this up. But you know, this is Clutch Crew Sports, so there's more than just three people involved with this. Uh, but not everybody's well as well rounded you know, with the NBA side of things. So there's some guys that have interest in joining the show that I know that are on the lineup for the future. And one of them uh, is my good friend, Nathan. So he's probably going to be featured in one of the next episodes, if not the next one, the one after that. We'll, We'll have to see how the timing works with everybody and everything. And four voices if we do get four voices on that show we're probably just gonna do the uh just the division talk because that's gonna go on for quite a while as did this one with three of us and we did the Kawhi thing too but uh but yeah i mean the more the barrier and just so you guys know you might you'll you'll be hearing a different voice in the coming episodes a new voice so we're excited for that and like I said, NFC North next week, uh, I'm sure we're going to, you know, maybe now I'm just thinking like we can do some Twitter themed NFC North tweets out, you know, so. Uh, but this one, this episode went went pretty well, I think, with uh, I don't know why I'm like reviewing the episode that I just did. <laughs> yeah, here's some feedback, guys, on how we think we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, no, seriously, I I do really love doing these podcasts, and uh, this one was uh, the first NFL one, so it's gonna go down in the history books for that. So, uh, thank you guys for joining this. Thank you to everybody for listening, watching on YouTube. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Anchor, and also a quick thing too: if you guys do listen on iTunes and you are subscribed to us, it would be cool if you could tell us because we were trying earlier today to figure out <laughs> how oh, many God. subscribers we have, and uh, it was a long, long effort and it failed. So. Oh, fruit- it was fruitless, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you are subscribed to us on iTunes, shout us out somewhere. Uh, let it be heard, and, and we'll uh, we'll like it, and we'll we'll uh, five stars. You out five stars. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, this is I'm gonna ramp it on now, so I'll I'll wrap the podcast up here. So, see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Later, guys. Peace.